Let's talk tips for email marketing. You're a voice actor. You're an entrepreneur. You're a VOpreneur. Welcome to the Everyday VOpreneur Podcast, your guide through the business of voiceover. Your voiceover demos are your number one marketing tool, and you need to display them on your website in a way that works on any device or browser. VoiceAmp is the player producers love. Plus, it offers tools that can improve your email signature, quickly create a one-page website, and much more. Sign up now at voicesam.com slash markscott and get three months of the bass player for the price of one. That's voicesam.com slash markscott for full details and to sign up. The VOpreneur Podcast. Hey, it doesn't suck. Not as funny as Conan. Not as cute as Seth Meyers. Not as smart as Colbert. But he's one of us, and that counts for something. Here's Mark Scott, the original Everyday VOpreneur. Hello, and welcome to the Everyday VOpreneur podcast, your guide through the business of voiceover. I'm Mark Scott, the original Everyday VOpreneur, ready to give you some more actionable, practical advice that you can put to work in your voiceover business to start making a difference now. Before we dive into this week's episode, I've got a very important announcement to make. The summer series is coming. Now, for those of you that have been listening to the podcast for a while, you are familiar with the concept of the summer series. It's something that I introduced last year. For those of you that are new to the podcast, let me briefly explain it. Uh, Over the course of the summer, I know that we're all busy, myself included. And especially for those of us that are potentially coming out of lockdown or you've got your vaccination, you're ready to travel, whatever it is, we're going to want to have a little time on our hands to do some things that maybe get us outside of the studio and outside of the house. So with that in mind, I am going to be doing the summer series for the podcast. These summer series episodes are going to be quick hit episodes still designed to give you actionable practical advice, but nice, short, sweet, and to the point. The reason why I'm bringing this up now is because I am absolutely open to your suggestions. I want to make sure that I am addressing the topics that matter to you. And so if you have a question that you would like answered, in a summer series episode, or if you have a topic that you think might make for a good, quick, short episode, I would love to hear from you. And you can email it to mark at markscottvoiceover.com. And I will put a link in the show notes, but it's mark at markscottvoiceover.com and just put summer series episode in the subject line. Mark at markscottvoiceover.com, summer series episode in the subject line. Let me know, and I will be taking all of those into consideration as I begin to prepare those episodes to get us through the summer, which, by the way, isn't it amazing and awesome and so desperately needed that summer is almost here. With that, let's dive into this week's episode, which uh, is still going to give you some actionable practical advice, but maybe just not quite so quick hit, and that's okay. Sometimes we need to dive into subjects a little bit deeper. And one subject that I know a lot of people want me to dive into more because I get asked about it all the time is email marketing. And what I want to give you in this episode are five tips that are going to make your email marketing a little bit better, a little bit more effective. And some of these tips may seem pretty basic to some of you. But I think it's a good reminder that we all need because sometimes we get into a groove. We, we find ourselves just kind of on autopilot. And we need to be reminded about some of the fundamentals to make sure that we're still doing things in the right and effective way. So first tip for more effective email marketing, you got to reply fast. Look, we live in an instant gratification, fully connected, always connected world. And although I am seeing evidence of that starting to shift a little bit, and I think a byproduct of that is COVID 
and people trying to find work-life balance and, and, and maintaining their sanity, keeping their mental health a priority throughout this pandemic. But we do still live in a world where people expect fast replies. I have booked jobs in the past on multiple occasions simply because I was the first one to respond. So the client sends it out to several voice actors. First one gets it. And I always try to be quick to reply. So like it or not, that is a product of the world that we live in. When a client or a prospect gets in touch, they're not going to wait around a day or two for you to take your time to reply. The faster that you can answer, the better. And one of the things that I get asked about in this particular subject, well, what do I do when I'm at work, right? For, for those of you that have a day job, I know that that can be hard. Even if your reply is an autoresponder that simply says, I'm out of the office at the moment, I will reply to your email after 6 p.m. That, that is better than nothing. That is better than simply ignoring it because at least you're acknowledging the fact that you've received their email and that their reply will be coming. Sometimes that is all it takes. This is the world that we live in now. It's the Amazon one-click world. We go on the internet, we find anything we want, we click one button, Amazon delivers it to our front door. We've got our smartphones in our pockets with us 24 hours a day. We're constantly being inundated with pings for texts and social media notifications and email and all of that sort of stuff. And part of the byproduct of that is this expectation that we're always on, that we're always connected. You know, I have had to work myself at setting some boundaries from for my own office hours and things of that nature, but I am still always trying to do my best to reply to stuff as quickly as possible, especially when it comes from a client. I always want to make sure that my clients are getting quick and prompt replies. Number two should go without saying, but it absolutely needs to be said, and this is a byproduct of the cell phone generation as well. Please start proofreading your emails. Autocorrect can only be blamed for so long before you need to start taking responsibility for the content that is coming out of your inbox. And let me tell you, I have seen some voice actors put themselves in some very embarrassing situations because of what autocorrect has done to them. I understand that it happens. I understand that it's a pain in the butt. I also know that for myself, sometimes I read emails three or four times before I send them out just to make sure that I am not getting autocorrected. And it's not just about spelling, right? We obviously want to make sure that our spelling is accurate, but autocorrect can change the entire context of sentences by putting in words that, honestly, most of us have no idea where they come from. You know, for, for smartphones to be smart, sometimes they, they're they really dumb. I mean, let's just be honest. Sometimes they're really dumb. Have you ever dictated a message to Siri and then read what Siri actually wrote after you dictated it? And you're like, what in the world? I didn't say any of that. This is why you need to proofread. I understand that dictating a message to your smart assistant can be quick and easy. I understand that typing on the fly, autocorrect sometimes takes over, but we're talking about your business here. We're talking about emails to clients, to people who are paying you money for your services. If that is not a good enough reason for you to take a couple of minutes to proofread, I don't know what is. And you can throw all the excuses in the world that you want at me, but there really isn't one that's good. There should be no reason for sending out messages, particularly marketing messages. Those introductory emails that you send that are your first impression, what kind of first impression are you making if you're getting auto-corrected on those and you're looking like you don't know what you're doing? Take the time to proof. Always 
Turn off autocorrect if it's going to be that big of a problem. But make sure that you are always taking the time to proof. Third thing on the list, and this is a really important one, be concise. People do not have time to read your life story. People do not have time to sit down and peruse the next great American novel in their inbox. And further to that, and and I mean no offense by this, so please don't take it that way, but most people don't care. One of the ways that you are going to increase your open rate, that you are going to increase your conversion rate, that you're going to improve that response rate, is by keeping your communication, especially in the beginning, short and to the point. Say only what you need to say. Answer only the questions that you are asked, right? Don't start offering up way too much information that isn't necessary at this point just because you want to make sure that they know everything. That comes across sometimes as desperate. Sometimes it comes across as silly. Sometimes it comes across as annoying. There's nothing worse than asking somebody a question and having to read through 17 other different answers to questions that weren't asked before I get the answer to the question that I did ask. Keep your emails concise, short, sweet, to the point. Anytime that an email arrives in somebody's inbox, the very first thing that they're thinking is, what does this person want from me? Right? That's the question on their mind. What does this person want from me? Answer that question quickly. Let them know why you are writing very quickly. Get to the point. Give them the call to action and then move on. And it is possible to do that while still sounding friendly and conversational. And in fact, the more concise that you are often in your emails, the more respect that you show. Starting off every email with, Hi, how are you doing? I hope you're well and good in these challenging times. Blah, 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 blah. As we go through all of that stuff, we think that by starting our emails like that, that we're trying to be friendly, that we're trying to be casual and conversational and we're trying to come across as caring. But really, that just comes across as annoying because the whole time that people are reading that, they're thinking, I don't know you. You don't actually care. Please just get to the point of your message. So take that into consideration. You can still be friendly respectful, and conversational while being short, sweet, and to the point. Important tip. In my introductory email workshop that I run, and I I run several of these throughout the year, one of the things I talk about is how long your introductory email should be, and trust me, it's probably half the length of what you are thinking. 50 to 125 words. We're talking short, sweet, and to the point. Number four on the list of five tips for making your email marketing more effective, don't drop the ball. If you send an introductory email or if a connection is made in another avenue such as social media and the client, prospect, actually replies, stay on it. Do not let this communication get lost in the shuffle. Do not push it down the priority list. A door has been opened. Sometimes we think that when we send that introductory email and a client replies and, you know, hey, we like your stuff, your demo sounded great, we'll keep you on our roster, and that's it. That's where the conversation ends. That is the definition of dropping the ball. They're going to forget about you. It is your responsibility at that point to keep the conversation going. And that doesn't mean that you need to email them every day. It just means that you always need to be looking for ways to carry the conversation on and to keep yourself top of mind. Don't drop the ball. Don't let that lead go cold. You've worked too hard to get them interested, and now that they've expressed an interest, it is absolutely essential that you keep them interested. And that actually ties together with what I have as number five on the list, which is follow-up. 
Do you know how many emails your client or prospects receive on a daily basis? I'm going to guess that it's somewhere in the neighborhood of about 51,742, give or take. Hashtag, this is not an actual statistic. If you haven't spoken with them in a while, say hi. If you haven't worked with them in a few months, find out what they're up to. Use it as an opportunity to reconnect. Your follow-up strategy is what is ultimately going to book you the work, right? Everybody thinks that it's a matter of getting the perfect introductory marketing email, and that is absolutely part of the puzzle, right? The better that your introductory marketing email is, the better the chance that you are going to get them interested, the better the chance that you are going to convert them from a lead to a prospect. But once you've done that, that's only the start. Converting them to prospect, getting that positive response, having them say, we will add you to our roster, that's just the beginning. The follow-up strategy is what is ultimately going to book you the work. I have shared countless examples in different classes, trainings, probably in this podcast, all kinds of different places of examples of how long this can take. Uh, One of my most recent ones that I shared, my initial contact with the company was February 1st of 2015. February 1st of 2015. And the first booking came in April of this year. That's a long time. That is a very long time. But you know what got me that? It was the follow-up strategy. It was always reaching out every once in a while to see how they were doing, to see what they were up to, to, to keep them interested. Another one that I shared, the initial introductory email was sent on June 14th of 2013, and the first booking came on March the 26th of 2021. That's a long, stinking time. But here's the thing. It was worth it. Because now that I've done that first job and they were so happy with the first job, I know that there's going to be a second job, a third job, a fourth job. I know this because they've already told me this. They've told me that they're very much looking forward to working with me. In the previous example that I shared, I've already done two jobs with them now. And so it may seem like a long time to keep reaching out, to keep following up. It may seem futile. It may seem frustrating. But if the booking finally comes and the first booking leads to the second booking, to the third booking, to the fourth booking and so on, it was absolutely worth it. You have to have a follow-up strategy if you are going to ultimately book the jobs doing email marketing. Yes, every once in a while, you are going to have those jobs where you reach out and on the initial email, they book you right away. No, not every example that I have from my own career is a you know nine-year run before the first booking came. Some of them take a, few, a matter of a few months. Some of them might come in the first year. Some of them might come in the second year. But those follow-up strategies are responsible for almost every single client that I am currently working with in my business today. You have to have a follow-up strategy. So let's quickly recap. Five tips for more effective marketing emails. You've got to reply fast, even if that reply is an autoresponder that says, I will get to your email after such and such a time. It's not the perfect scenario, but it's better than nothing. If you're not replying quick, you might be losing jobs. Does that mean that you need to get out of bed at three o'clock in the morning to answer every email? Absolutely not. That's not what I'm talking about here. There does come a point where you have to set boundaries, even if you're working with clients in different time zones. And, And I do work with clients in many different time zones, and they understand that there's time differences and there are boundaries that are in place there. But the greater point is when you're working, especially during office hours, try to respond as quickly as possible. 
Number two on the list was proofread. You can't keep using autocorrect as an excuse because it is making you look bad. It is making bad impressions for you. So proofread every email that you send to make sure that what you are sending out looks professional. Keep it concise, right? Get to the point. What do you want from me? That's what your recipient is wondering. Make sure that they have a very clear understanding of that up front with a very clear call to action so that the email comes together. But keep it short, sweet, and to the point. Don't drop the ball. Once you've had somebody that has expressed an interest, make sure that you are following up. If somebody's asked you for an audition, check in on the status of that audition. If somebody reaches out to you for a quote, once you send the quote, make sure that you're following up a couple days later to make sure that they receive the quote. Don't be the reason why one of these jobs falls through the crack because you dropped the ball. And by the way, this is an area where having a CRM is going to come in really handy. It can help you keep organized and stay on top of these things, which also is true for the final one, which was having a follow-up strategy. I would not have a follow-up strategy without my CRM. It is absolutely essential to my success. So there you go. Five tips for more effective email marketing. I know that some of these are going to help you. Some of them, like I said, they may sound basic, but we all need that reminder every once in a while. And speaking of reminder, if you've got an idea for a topic that you would like covered or a question that you would like answered in the summer series episodes that are coming up, please don't hesitate to email Mark at markscottvoiceover.com. Make sure that you put uh, summer series in the in the subject line. And I'm really looking forward to covering off some of those things for you as we head towards the summer, which I am so excited about. Thanks so much for listening. I'll catch you on the next one. The Everyday Vopreneur Podcast. Available everywhere fine podcasts are given away for free. Mostly, we think. Your voiceover demos are your number one marketing tool, and you need to display them on your website in a way that works on any device or browser. VoiceSam is the player producers love. Plus, it offers tools that can improve your email signature, quickly create a one-page website, and much more. Sign up now at voicesam.com slash markscott and get three months of the bass player for the price of one. That's voicesam.com slash markscott for full details and to sign up. And see. And that's a wrap. Thanks for hanging in. Thanks for hanging out. Want more VOPreneur goodness? Jump online at VOPreneur.com.